Do you ever feel like you're you're far from God or that God just feels like this mysterious, elusive thing or like understanding it? It's just like too much to figure out. Well, maybe we're trying too hard. Maybe instead of a puzzle to solve, it's more like a, a story to enjoy, more of a story to live one line and one chapter at a time. So let's talk about it together. All right, let's be honest. Sometimes following Jesus in this Christianity thing can be frustrating. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's amazing the the joy and the peace and the love and the purpose and the meaning that it brings is like sometimes just amazingly overwhelming, except when it's not, because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it just, it's hard. Sometimes it, it just feels like work or it's just plain frustrating. In fact, one of the most frustrating parts of Christianity is trying to experience and understand God and finding nothing. Most of us, whether we're Christian or not, or whether we put it in these words or, or not, we want to know God. Like we want to experience God, but it just seems like this kind of elusive, magical existence that maybe some people find and and we can't just like figure it out. And either maybe you feel like we, we should be doing more or we should know more or we're not as far as long as we want to be. And we, we keep trying to find what works in order to experience and, and know God. And that can be frustrating, especially when we think we should be feeling and experiencing something we're not. Or even worse, other people tell us we should be feeling and experiencing something. It seems Maybe it seems like other people are experiencing it and we're not. And so when we get there, what do us good modern Westerners do? Well, we try to figure out the formula, right? Like we try to find the right way to do things. We try to find the right answer to this spirituality thing. And maybe we just then just keep trying harder and harder. And we, we go to church, we go to Bible study, we go to youth group, or we go to camp. Uh, we, we try to listen to the, the right podcast, read the, the right books, say the right prayers, do the right things, the right rituals and, and routines. Maybe we even study the Bible or other uh, spiritual texts harder and harder. And those aren't necessarily bad things, but often they just, again, don't seem to work. So a lot of people either give up or end up faking it, right? Saying they believe something, but it doesn't actually affect their real life at all. And maybe that's why you've kind of given up on organized religion, given up on church. And maybe this is like your first chance to maybe safely try things out again. I get it. I, I have been there. But here's the thing. Why do we think that a, a spiritual formula would ever work? Like, think about it. What has affected your life more? A formula like um, your your math book and figuring out the, the Pythag Pythagorean theorem? I don't know. Uh, has, like, has that affected your life more? Or has it been reading? and listening to and watching that story that captured your imagination and, and captured your emotions. See, think about it. Nobody talks about how, you know, in fifth grade, this, this uh, certain edition of their math book changed their life. And they just want to talk about it on and on and on, right? But you get someone talking about like uh, The Hobbit or Star Trek or Star Wars or Stranger Things or like the new Top Gun movie. And they just go crazy about it. And they tell you like how much they loved it and, and that, what it, they felt going through it and that type of thing, right? Why? 
because it's a story. Stories make us think instead of memorize. They make us imagine instead of be perform. They, they allow us to become something instead of making us do something over and over and over with the same results of nothing. See, life is a story to be lived and not a math problem to solve. And so why would we think that experiencing God and discovering the true life that he brings, why would we think that would be any different than actual life? And so when Jesus was trying to explain what God was like and what, what his kingdom on earth was like, instead of giving us like seven easy steps to experience the kingdom of God, Jesus told stories. But these stories that he told, they're not like these nice, cute, warm, safe stories. No, see, these are, he told parables that were designed to challenge us, to challenge the way we think about ourselves, the way we think about the world, the way we think about others. And they're designed to actually like force us to, to change some things if we're willing to like truly listen. And when we're willing to truly listen, that's when we actually enter the story ourselves. And that frustration we feel in trying to experience God, it gives way to, to discovering and enjoying and sharing the life Jesus offers now. Because when we see life as a story to live, instead of a, a formula to figure out, we discover the life Jesus offers. And as we, we saw in the last episode, Jesus once told a parable about soils, which kind of represented people's different responses to his announcement of, of the kingdom of God and kind of how our response can be now when we hear it or when we, we give out the, the announcement of the kingdom of God. And then after telling that parable, Jesus tells three more stories. And these stories kind of work on a few different levels. We can see them as uh, describing the kingdom of God and what it would look like as it came to earth then. Uh, we can see it as how, how it works in the world now and how it works in us and even our role in, in sharing the kingdom of God. And so we're going to try to look at all of those different aspects as we go through these three different stories of Jesus in the book of Mark. Then Jesus asked them, and if you grew up in like old school Sunday school, you probably know the song that goes with this story. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to the light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And I guess that's kind of more of an object lesson than a, than a story. But like the point is, a lamp... And they're, you know, they're oil lamps that they had at the time. They're designed to give off as much light as possible. And so Jesus is saying, though some, like, remember my, my last story about soil and stuff? Though some people in some soil don't understand and accept the message of the kingdom of God, that God is coming to earth to restore his relationship with humanity and restore our true humanity through his love. It's this, this news isn't meant, isn't designed to be kept secret. Like a lamp's not designed to hide its light. It's designed to shine its light. And he's saying this whole truth, you know, it's maybe it's a secret for now, but that's not what it's designed for. Soon God's light will be uncovered. Soon God's light will shine in the world so everyone can see it. And he says this, this whole truth and this scope of what's happening, this rescue invasion of Jesus coming to earth and rescuing us from the the kingdom of darkness and bringing the kingdom of God. Like all that, he's saying, might not be seen right now, but soon it will be revealed. And so we ask, like, when? What's like in the context, his, his first listeners are thinking, well, when's it going to be revealed? Well, when? At the most 
important point in human history, his resurrection, right? And from then on, the kingdom of God won't be a secret knowledge just for the select few to kind of keep to themselves. It'll be for every human who's willing to see it. And for those who are willing to see it, they will have a role in continuing to shine the light of the kingdom of God. And everyone at that point will have a decision to make, to either open their eyes and open their ears, as he said, or not. So how do we, like, he says, uh, you know, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. They're like, well, I want to, but again, that kind of just seems like that. Some people get it, some people don't, and it's just like that mysterious, mythical, like, how do we, how do we do that? How do we make sure our ears are open? Like, it's just frustrating again, right? Well, listen, it might be mysterious, but it's not a secret. And it's not out of reach for any of us. In fact, I think we're closer than we probably know. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But, though, for, but for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. We can hear Jesus' teaching, but not actually listen to it. Right? Just like when my wife's asking me to, to do something, I might hear her and be like, oh yeah, sure, sure. But um, then don't do it. Why? Because I'm a jerk? No, because I actually wasn't listening. And so we can hear Jesus, but not actually listen to what he's saying. And Jesus says, the level to which we want to hear, the level to which we want to be challenged, the level to which we want to be changed, is the level of which we will fully understand what he's talking about. See, to discover the kingdom of God, we have to be willing to search for it. And those who are willing to search will be given what they are looking for. But those who simply, you know, want nice, safe stories, they want a God who already lines up with everything they already believe and their own views, like God agrees with all their own views. Uh, those who aren't willing to be challenged, those who won't, aren't willing to be changed, those types of people will lose even what they think they understand. See, we like our safe religious formulas, don't we? Like, if you've been around religious people, we like our safe formulas because, we, you know, it's, it kind of gives us comfort doing the same thing. Like, we like listening to teachings we already agree with. It's when we don't agree with them we get all fired up, right? Uh, we, we like asking question after question and reading book after book and going to study after study without actually really listening to and applying what those things are, are telling us. But... If we really want to experience the kingdom of God and we really want to understand God's heart, we have to be willing to dig deeper and deeper and then do something with what we've actually discovered. If we are willing to listen, like really sit with what Jesus says, really sit with what God has revealed in the biblical writings, maybe even practice the Franciscan reading that Aaron talked about in the last episode. If we're willing to be with others who are doing the same thing, then, as we find more and discover more about God, we'll be given more and more. As we experience God through those things, we'll be given more and more. But if we won't listen, if we think, well, I already know all of that already, even what we think we know already will be taken from us, Jesus says. See, I've seen people who, you know, they've told me to my face, why are you teaching that? I know this stuff already. And maybe these people have been Christians for years but they've settled for sur surface level knowledge. They might have the Bible memorized, but it's never been applied to them. They've never actually listened and had it change 
who they are. They never dug for like, where can I line up better with what Jesus is saying? So they settle for the surface. They never experience the kingdom of God in their lives. And the result, the relationships are dry. Their uh, relationships are fragile. Like you were around them, it's like walking on eggshells. Their, their, their families feel that way. Uh, they might be full of anxiety and bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Um, why? Because they haven't dug. They haven't allowed the story of Jesus to affect their own stories. But I've also watched as people who might not know all the Bible stories, right? They don't know who Absalom is. They get Peter and Paul confused with each other. But I've seen those people grow more and more into who Jesus made them to be. And I've seen these types of people display the fruit of the Spirit in their actual daily lives. Why? Because they don't just want the formula. They don't just want the math problem to make their lives work right now. They want to live the story. And so they ask questions. They dig. They're not afraid of doubts. In fact, they welcome them and they use those doubts to dig even deeper. And they start doing things like we talked about uh, the, the, the art of following Jesus. Start doing the practices in the art of following Jesus. And the result is they discover. They grow. They transform. But even for these people who, who want to dig and want to know and they're transforming, the experience can still be a little frustrating, honestly, because we don't always see it happening and it's kind of slow. And that's honestly the nature of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus says, that might be you. So let's try, you know, maybe another story will help. Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Now often in our post-enlightenment Western world, we want to take these parables. We want to pick apart every word and get a meaning for each one and, and, you know, categorize them and, again, put them into a formula, right? But have you ever had an English teacher ruin, like, a perfectly good story by making you read it and then diagram it and and uh, put things in different categories and stuff? I mean, my teacher, Mrs. Kazas, never did that. I don't know if you watch, but you were great. You see, with, with the parables, we can't understand parables that way. We have to take them as like a whole experience. Like if you're trying to pick apart a song, just listen to the symphony instead of trying to, you know, like, okay, is that a major? Just enjoy it. That's the same thing with a parable. Just experience the whole thing. And what Jesus is saying here is once the kingdom of God is planted, it will grow. It's not something we can figure out. Not something we can create a formula for. And the immediate meaning when Jesus was saying this to, to the original audience is that Jesus is scattering seed, right? He's scattering seed with his message, with with his life, and it will eventually create a crop that will be harvested. And no one will understand how it happened. The light will suddenly shine from the lamp. And that's what happened. Like People still trying to figure out, how did this small thing of Christianity that started with these 11 guys soon, like within a few decades, spread across the Roman Empire? And Jesus says, "It's, it's growing, don't know how. But maybe for our context right now, maybe you don't feel like you're growing. Maybe you don't feel like you're understanding enough or you don't think you're as far along as you should be. You're not maybe seeing all the changes you want in your life right now yet. But 
if we are willing to allow those seeds to be planted in us, and we're willing to explore and question and dig, and we're will actually willing to find, even if it's not the way we thought it would be when we find it, then those seeds will grow and it will eventually produce a crop to be harvested. And maybe, you know, maybe that's not where you're at. Maybe your context is that you've been trying to sow seeds. You've been trying to create a crop. You've been trying to, you know, spread the kingdom of God with others, with your actions and your words, but you're not seeing any difference. You're not seeing any growth. You're not seeing any change. Maybe you've been asking, like, what does Jesus's love look like in this relationship? And been trying to apply that, but nothing is happening yet. See, as we, Jesus is saying, as we scatter the seed of the message of the kingdom of God, through our words, through our love, through our big and small actions, it will create a crop, but it will happen in God's time and God's speed. And Jesus is saying, look, people didn't see anything happening when I first started either, but as the seed is scattered, I will take care of the growing. And we do our part and we leave the rest to him. I mean, often, you know, those of you who are part of Cross Creek, our church, we, we get asked, like, you know, it's been what, five and a half years? Why, why haven't we grown more? You know, and I, I could say, oh, COVID and, and all these different things. But honestly, we scatter the seed. We let God worry about the timing and the results. We do what we can, and we allow God to do the rest. But, oh, John, like all this church, uh, spiritual life, you know, telling people about Jesus and just waiting, and, and it seems so mundane and and, and slow. Like, I want results now. I want something big. I want something exciting, right? Like, this is the kingdom of God. Wouldn't you think the whole story would be like this massive thing right away and just kind of hit me in the face with immediate results? Like, this is God. Immediate change, immediate results. Uh, the whole thing taking over governments, God just coming in and taking over the world and making everything right, right now. Like we want it to kind of be like a, a Marvel movie, right? With immediate action and a step-by-step -step program to victory. Is that the kingdom of God? Nope. See, it's more like, the kingdom of God is more, I think, more like reading like Tolkien, where it's rich and deep, but it can be slow and intricate. And you can either try to rush through that and kind of miss the beauty of it, or you can sit back and enjoy it and immerse yourself in the story. You know, lots of songs and, and relationships and depth with moments of excitement. And then Jesus actually goes on to explain more. Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. And what is Jesus saying in that parable? He's saying that the kingdom of God always starts out looking insignificant. Take Jesus himself, like God in a body. He started like people, you look at his ministry at the beginning, be like, this is nothing. Like he was born in this random place to, to peasant parents. Uh, there is, we've, we're told there's nothing really special about him. He was probably, you know, not that good looking. He was definitely shorter. Uh, he starts in the wilderness with 12 guys who rarely understand him. And one of them tries to get him killed. But what happened, right? Even if you don't believe Jesus was God, he and his ministry not only changed the ancient Mediterranean world, it completely changed the course of human history. And if you do believe he is who he said he is and did what he said he would do, then 
from those small beginnings, death itself was defeated. It had eternal significance, change eternity forever. And so it's the same in our stories too. Big life changes rarely look big when we start, right? Those big moments, you don't know they're happening until you look back and you see them. This is the same. See, God uses small beginnings to create huge results. It's like maybe it's, you know, a little, a little doubt, lingering doubt or a lingering question that forces you to kind of dig in and, and dive deeper and leads you to some, like something rich and meaningful that really changes how you, how you view God or, or yourself. In fact, I think that's why asking why is such an important part of, of faith and experiencing God. Like, why do I believe what I believe? Or I've, you know, I read this in the biblical writings. Why would God do that? Why does that make sense? Why would God be against or for this? Why would God do that? I've always heard that God was for this or against that. Why would he be? Maybe the, the small thing is a, a conversation or an idea or a thought or an experience that sends you searching and you find more than you expected. Maybe it's one act of love, one act of of encouragement or a word of encouragement that makes that that friend and that or that neighbor or that coworker start asking their own questions or start thinking like well maybe there is a god who loves me maybe he's different than i've always thought or heard uh and see all of this often comes when we're just simply living our life and and keeping our minds and our hearts open to what god wants to show us so instead of waiting for those big life moments to to happen to us or or chasing one spiritual high after another Maybe we need to enjoy the small thoughts, the small questions, the small whisperings that God sends us and see where they go. It's like a, a simple detail in a story that ends up being a huge plot point, right? Like in The Hobbit where, where Bilbo finds this, this ring in the dark and it changes like you get these whole stories coming just from that one little moment. In fact, Cross Creek, that's the church that we're a part of, started with just a little thought in a staff meeting, a church staff meeting of, you know, what if church wasn't just about planning entertainment for church people? Like, what if there's more? What if we had a place where people could ask questions like that and, and have doubts and still belong? You never know where big things will start as long as we're willing to dig and look and change. So instead of being frustrated that we, we aren't where we think we should be, instead of trying to get the right answers we need to engage with and enter into the story of Jesus. How? Well, it's not, I'm, I'm not going to give you a formula how to do this, like a step-by-step -step plan of, you know, how to experience God without a step-by-step. -step. No, what I'm going to, what I'm going to tell you is more of advice, four pieces of advice to discover our story. First, be honest, be honest with yourself. Am I willing to see and experience the kingdom of God? Like, Ask yourself, how are your ears? Are they willing to listen? Are, they, are you willing to be receptive and willing to understand and then apply what you discover? It won't always be comfort, comfortable and it won't always be comforting. You might have to actually change something about ourselves, but if we are willing to see it, we will find the kingdom of God. Second, keep digging. Ask questions and ask questions with others who are asking questions. Chase those doubts. Chase those curiosities. What do you believe? Why do you believe it? Because someone told you or because you dug and found it yourself? Uh, we, that's why we as a church have these things, small groups called connect groups. Because when we go, we, we can show up 
and we can ask our questions. And when you do show up and you ask your questions, they're not just for you. They're for everyone there. You are adding to their growth experience. And you discover the kingdom of God together. And in the groups I've been in, the best nights have been, we have these prepared questions. And then uh, at the beginning, somebody asked like this, they might be like, this might be off topic, but I have a question. And then we spend the rest of the night digging into that. And we grow closer to each other and we grow closer to Jesus, both together and individually. But as we grow, it won't always look like we expect. It will always start small, but it will grow. And we won't have any control over how it grows. So number three, be patient. Don't compare your story to others. I'm horrible at this, but don't compare your story to others. Don't compare your progress to others. Like there's other guys online and pastors who are like 10 years younger than me who are doing amazing things. I'm like, oh, if only I had known then. No, don't compare your story. This is your journey. You're on it the way you're supposed to be on it. There's no supposed to schedule with Jesus. And number four, be purposeful. Plant kingdom seeds with your words and your actions. Talk about Jesus. Talk about what you've seen with others. Talk about what, you, what you've been discovering and maybe the difference he's made in your life. Like if you've experienced it, you can share it. And it might be like little things, not long summers where let me sit you down and tell you what Jesus has done in my life. No, it's just things like, oh man, I, I'm so sorry you're going through that. How can I help? And you know, as I'm helping, how can I pray for you? Um, or, oh, I just want to, I'm celebrating, I'm so thankful for what God did, da, 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 anything like that, something small and, and meaningful. Then think about like what small acts of love can you do to plant seeds for the kingdom of God, whether it's service or words of encouragement or offering forgiveness and grace. You don't know how huge that is in this world, that if somebody hurts you and, uh, you know, does something that they know offended you or whatever, you don't react, you offer grace you offer forgiveness. Why? Because you're such a good person? No, because Jesus gave you the same thing and you want to give it to others. The kingdom of God doesn't look like what we expect. It never does. It started out small, but then no one could stop its growth. It's the, and it's the same now in our lives and in our community. We might not always, it might not always seem monumental. It might not always seem um, earth shaking, but each seed we plant has the potential to grow, not just into a tree, but into an orchard of trees that will bless other people for generations. We might not always see the immediate results, might not always see the immediate growth. We might not understand exactly how it all works, but it is growing and nothing can stop it. And the efforts we make, the seeds we sow for the kingdom are never wasted. They are growing even when we don't see it. And we get to do our part and watch the story unfold because we are all invited to participate in the story of Jesus. Thanks for watching this week's content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. Uh, thanks for joining us on this journey through Mark, the story of Jesus. Uh, there'll be lots of content for you available online, YouTube, and podcast. But also don't forget, we meet in person on Sundays at 4.30 in South Salem at 525 Idlewood Drive. So find out more on our website, yourcrosscreek.com. And we're just really glad to see you here online. Uh, send us your information via the welcome form. Say hello. Uh, 
request a Bible, request prayer, or join a small group. Uh, it's all online there for you. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>